Today's scriptures are Luke 5, 1 through 11. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were, the, who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for reading that, Anna. Are you ready for Valentine's Day? Sorry, did I just raise the stress level a little bit? We've got four more days. I'm not ready yet either, but I do know that at some point there's going to be a little bit more dark chocolate in the Marquet Yarborough household. I have something that uh, I'm going to invite you all to take. This is a sticker, and they are heart stickers of different shapes and sizes. And I want to invite you to put this sticker somewhere in your world, which will remind you that Your purpose as a follower of Jesus, our purpose as followers of Jesus, is to be in the flow of God's love. And we may need to put this sticker in our cubicle at work, where we may not feel like we're in the flow of love. We may need to put this on our dashboard or car radio where we may not always feel like we're in the flow of love if we're driving in New Jersey. We may need to put this on the refrigerator or on the nightstand or on the clock or on a picture frame or somewhere where you alone will know, ah, a reminder. It's about being in the flow of love. And there may be certain people in your lives that help you more easily be in the flow of love, and that is of God. A reminder, because sometimes we need reminders that what it's all about is to be in the flow of God's love. Not only for those whom we easily love, but for those for whom it is difficult to love, and even the whole world. So I will put this on the chancel rail and on your way out of church today, I invite you to take one of those hearts and put it 
somewhere. I, I thank God for the, the new members who have been led here by, by the Spirit to this church. It has been my joy to begin getting to know some of the new members here, and I can tell you that they have wonderful experiences in the faithful life and have been faithful in various Christian communities. And I sense that God is bringing all of us together for such a time as this to discover again what it is to follow Jesus. And what may have worked in one church doesn't necessarily work in another church, and what may have worked in a certain time of being a Christian may not work in this time. And every generation in every age is invited to discover what does it mean to follow Jesus now. And I'm thankful for the way the Spirit is always leading new people into this community of faith because we need each other. We need each other's ideas. We need each other's faithfulness. We need each other's help. We need each other praying for one another. And we continue to hear God's call to be brave and faithful followers of Jesus in this place, in this time. We come together on Sunday mornings to look at the scriptures and to focus on Jesus, his wisdom, his way, his teaching, his example, because we can glean from just watching him ways that may help us be faithful followers of Jesus. And so today I want to take a close look at this particular passage where Jesus is teaching and it says so many people were trying to hear him that they were just kind of crushing in on him and he had no space and so he saw two boats. He went out, sat in the boat and taught from the boat. The boat happened to belong to Peter who in this passage is called Simon because he had yet to be transformed. He had yet to see his true identity, which would come through following Jesus. At the end of Jesus' teaching, he sees the fishermen, Peter, James, John, cleaning their nets. He doesn't even ask them, did you catch anything? He knows they didn't. Maybe they were grumbling so loud that Jesus couldn't help but overhear. Or maybe Jesus was reading their body language. Have you ever worked seemingly in vain and have nothing to show for it? And sometimes we exude that kind of energy. Maybe Jesus was picking up on that. For whatever reason, Jesus says to the fishermen, Put your nets out into the deep waters. Lesson number one, for we who are trying to follow Jesus for such a time as this, we need to hear Jesus say, put out into the deep. One of the great crises of our culture, if you will, in the West, is that we are a very superficial people. And we 
sometimes find it difficult to go deep, especially in the faith. Sometimes we feel like, oh, we've got it figured out. I know what it is. I've already decided to follow Jesus. And we think we know everything that is entailed in that, but there's always a deeper way, a deeper way, a deeper way to follow Jesus. Putting out into the deep means we're going to be going into unfamiliar territory. We're going to be in space where we cannot see or know what's going on. For people who fished, going out into the deep meant going out into waters that may be unknown and a little bit dangerous. And for we who are trying to follow Jesus, we're invited to hear him say to each of us, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. Peter responds to this invitation with some kind of indignity. He's a fisherman. He knows how to fish. He's fished all night. He hasn't caught anything. And who is this Jesus teacher telling him how to do his job? But Peter says, if you say so. And they do. And they put their nets into the deep waters. They catch so many fish that it's too much for one boat. Peter has to call friends and colleagues and maybe even competitors in the fishing industry to come and help him with the haul of fish. Lesson number two, for we who are trying to follow Jesus, go deep and see how Jesus moves us from a sense of independence to a reality of interdependence. Peter can't do this on his own. He needs help. Well, friends, this is also kind of countercultural, is it not? Isn't it the American way to be independent, to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps if we have boots? And this is a model of Jesus saying to Peter, even before he decides to follow Jesus, if you're going to be about this mystery, you must depend on others as well. You must be interdependent, which is very different than independent. Independent says, I can do it on my own. Thank you very much. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we can't do this discipleship on our own. We need each other. And those who have gone through difficult times know how true that statement is. Because it is when we are going through difficult times that we find ourselves calling up another brother or sister in Christ saying, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Putting something out on Facebook that says, this is going on in my life. And seeing how people respond with love with care. In reality, in truth, we are interdependent and we need not run from that. As followers of Jesus, we may need to embrace that and recognize we can't do this on our own. Even some of the ministries that we talked about today, 
I see Claudia, one of our leaders in the Family Promise. Can you imagine, Claudia, if you had to host Family Promise all by yourself? Can't be done. We need each other. I see Sue with the bread ministry. Can you imagine one person doing all the bread ministry, picking it up at Panera, putting it together? Jim, can you imagine one person doing all that? No. We are interdependent, and then we need help bringing that bread to universities and apartment buildings and people who may really appreciate a loaf of bread. Go deep. Embrace interdependence. But then watch how Simon responds to this magnanimous catch of fish, this unbelievable haul after they've just spent the night catching nothing. He sees Jesus and he says, get away from me for I am a sinful man. Simon, soon to be called Peter, cannot even stand to be in the presence of Jesus. And Simon stands in a long line of good and faithful people who when they first hear Jesus' invitation or when they first hear God's invitation, their first reaction is, no, pick someone else. Moses, in the Hebrew Scriptures, Here's God's invitation, and Moses says, I, I, I can't speak, I, I stutter. Call my brother, he can speak. God said, no, I need you, Moses. God called Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said, I'm too young, I don't have any experience at this. Have you ever felt like, God is inviting you to do something and you feel like, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I have the skill set. I don't know if I have the wherewithal. I don't know if I have the experience. I don't know if I have the faith to do this. And God said, no, Jeremiah, you're not too young. I need you. I need you. Jonah. Jonah. He's invited by God to go and preach in Nineveh, not only does Jonah not like the Ninevites and wants nothing to do with Nineveh, he wants nothing to do with God's good news. He doesn't even want to preach that God loves the Ninevites. He would much rather God just send down lightning bolts on the Ninevites. And Jonah leaves in a huff and says, I'm not preaching that. Love for all people. Come on, the Ninevites? God says, no, Jonah, I need you. I need you. And so Peter, Simon, he's still untransformed yet. Simon says, I'm too sinful to even begin to think about following you, Jesus. Who knows where that language was coming from with Peter? For some reason, maybe those old tapes in his head or those old voices in his head that said he's somehow unworthy, somehow not good enough, somehow guilty or should be ashamed of something. And he couldn't even see himself 
as worthy enough to say yes to Jesus' invitation. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, I forgive you of your sins. Jesus doesn't say that. Notice Jesus doesn't try and convince Peter that he's an okay guy. Jesus doesn't say that. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, Simon, tell me some more about why you're feeling so inadequate or guilty or shame-filled or sinful. Jesus doesn't ask. He just says, follow me. There is something inherently healing in following Jesus. There is something that the Spirit does when we follow Jesus that opens us up to our true value, our true selves, our true worth. And it has nothing to do with whether we are sinful or not. So the third thing in following Jesus, according to this passage, is you don't have to be perfect to follow Jesus. You don't have to have it all worked out to follow Jesus. You don't have to be without sin to follow Jesus. It doesn't seem to matter to Jesus that Simon is a sinful person. Jesus just says, follow me, follow me, follow me. Jesus isn't looking for perfect people. Oh, I think I need to ask you to just say that with me. Would you repeat after me? Jesus is not looking for perfect people. Mm, did that feel good? I know it felt good to some people who feel like they've got to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Jesus is looking for open people. Jesus is looking for loving people who are willing to let God's love flow through them even when we don't have all the answers, even when our lives may not all be worked out, even when we feel like our lives may be falling apart. It doesn't matter to Jesus. He invites us, follow follow. So what stops us? I don't know. What stops you? The need to be perfect. We don't need to worry about that. Do we worry about what people will say about us if we really take following Jesus seriously? Yeah, people may write us off. It's okay. Maybe it's our fears of making mistakes, not doing it right. Okay, we can put that one aside too. Jesus is just looking for open, open people, willing people, who are willing to follow Jesus, come what may. And finally, I close with this. <laughs> Jesus says to Simon, follow me and I will show you what it is to fish for people. Maybe we're the ones with the fishing rods, but I don't think we are. Maybe we're the ones with the fishing nets, but I don't think we're that either. Maybe we are the bait. And God will use us to somehow, almost in spite of ourselves, be what draws others into Christian community where they can discover 
their true selves. As followers of Jesus, who God simply wants to love. Would you sing with me? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Amen.